You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out in the frozen tundra of West Monroe. John Tabor back at the uh, Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. Everybody be safe on the roads today. How would you describe your experience, Southern boy? Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I was looking at the weather last night going, I wish we were having a a show tomorrow. Mm. Um, But no, it wasn't too bad. I will say when I walked outside and saw the snow piled on my car. Did you know what to do? uh, Did you get worried? I was just, you know, I, I text you, you know, something, and just to let you know that if I'm late, it's because of my car. But we, I, it was fine. You couldn't open up the door at first. Right? It took me a couple tries. Yeah. Uh, the door was frozen, but you know, third try, swung open. Uh, we will be doing uh, weather reports for the next uh, two hours. You can help us out on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line, eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. Babes, how was your uh, commute into work this morning? A little slower. Mm. Hmm. It, w- it felt a little eerie this morning. Uh, there's not a lot of cars on the roads typically around 6, 6.15 anyway. And then on a morning like this, with the majority of people uh, with school being out, sure. and a lot of people I'm sure will be off of work today, it was a little odd making it away in this morning. It's, it's odd seeing snow. Yeah. I mean, just snow in this area. You know, the last time it snowed, really bad in this area i was in tipita and we got nothing so i'm glad i got to experience some snow it was kind of cool uh walking outside and seeing all the white it is cool for uh the kids now uh, having the day off from school and of course getting an opportunity to get out and play growing up in iowa this wasn't a big deal (laughs) this wasn't a snow day this was like march (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can imagine but uh still pretty good hopefully uh the roadways will stay safe for a majority of this day. Yeah. Well, before we get to the headlines, I want to bring up something that I thought was kind of strange, uh, and you're still seeing stuff about it, and that's Marcus Williams. Uh, you know, enough has been said about the play. But, you know, yesterday I wanted to make the argument that he had such a great year, let's not ask for him to get cut or released. Um, you know, to remember that and to remember that he had that interception in the third quarter. But if you look at, like, social media and just the way people are talking, they're acting like he died or something. They're like, please, you know, keep this young man in, in your in your mind and heart because he's he's going through a rough time. Yeah, sure, he's taking some criticism, but he signed up for this. He's a public figure. He can handle it. Mm. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to address that because I thought that was very strange because uh, while, I, while I agree that, you know, you shouldn't ask for this guy to lose his job, he still made a bad play. He's still going to get some criticism because of it. Anyway, just strange situation. He did play the uh, second most snaps of any defensive player this year for the Saints and finished with uh, 73 tackles and four interceptions. And let's not forget, of course, the big interception earlier in that game versus the Vikings. He uh, appeared in front of the cameras after the loss. Thought it was a classy move. Did Definitely. the right thing. Uh, then tweeted out uh, yesterday, <laughs> I appreciate my friends, my, my friends, my real fans, family, and team for everything they've done for me this year and all the support is highly appreciated. 
not the season, no, the season didn't end as planned, but one thing is for sure, I won't let one play define the type of man or player that I am or will be. Good deal. Low-hanging fruit for a lot of different uh, national media types, though, and if you continue here all day yesterday, uh, the word choke did come up once or twice when it was referring to the way it ended for the Saints. Yeah, and by the way, I got to I gotta make fun of you real quick. Uh, Before we came on, Aaron asks, have you seen these Saints memes? <laughs> What's a meme? <laughs> by the way, my dad pronounces it that way, too. So there you go. Might be, a, might be an older yeah, thing. A smart here. man. Yeah. yeah. The Saints memes are, some of them are funny, though. If you, if you get a chance, just Google Saints memes, and uh, you'll see a couple of Stone Cold stunners to Marcus Williams. Let's stay along the NFL uh, ranks for uh, headlines and, of course, with the Saints. There was a lot of talk early in that ball game. What was Sean Payton thinking, challenging two different calls? Uh, it did come out yesterday that uh, Sean Payton said there was not a monitor that was working uh, with the coaches upstairs, so that certainly uh, influenced, influenced uh, his decision. He said he just basically went with the, the gut feeling that those were two bad calls, thought he could win them. Obviously, it did not turn out well for the Saints. That would have been the first thing I said yesterday, right? Uh, before y'all criticize me on those challenges, I want y'all to know. Yeah, very strange. Uh, the other thing, uh, Sean Payton now will be coaching the uh, Pro Bowl with the staff with them losing in that ball game uh, on Sunday, if you're interested in that sort of thing. No, nobody's interested in the Pro Bowl. Hmm. Uh, the ratings are out for the entire weekend for the NFL. Uh, are you surprised that uh, they were down? Yeah, because it was a great weekend. It was one of the best weekends they've had all year. What were they? I'm still trying to look. Oh, okay. Uh, You're trying to stall right uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I expected some, some great ratings just because you think about the way the Saints and Vikings played out, this, the way the Saints came back in that game. I figured more people would be tuning in. You know, Patriots, Tennessee, I'm not surprised that doesn't get in high ratings because we all figured that to be a blowout. I guess they thought that they could get uh, major ratings with uh, the Patriots and Tennessee Just Brady. the late one. But, man, it's so – I guess maybe because the way uh, the first game played out and it was so dramatic, it was just like a major letdown. No, I, I was not – phased at all like I, I knew going in that that game was gonna be a blowout I think yeah. we all did you, you saw our text line before yeah. I mean everybody's like oh yeah take the Patriots take the Patriots with the points it's a no-brainer um, but yeah and then the, the Eagles Falcons game I, I mean um, yeah Eagles Falcons game ended up being way better mm -hmm. uh, than that game that should have been the night game all along uh, I'll get those uh, ratings up here in a second uh, the computer is probably a little frozen over no. because of the weather uh, here we go. Uh, Saturday's afternoon's Falcons-Eagles game drew a 17.4 overnight rating, down 5% from last year, 12% from 2016. Patriots-Titans matchup was the lowest-rated game of the weekend. A 16.6 .6 overnight rating was down 9% from last year, 18% from 2016. Also the worst performance in that window since 2009. Jags-Steelers. Early window, of course, on CBS pulled a 20.4 uh, overnight. That was down 12% from 2016. That was the lowest mark in its window since 2002. And finally, the Vikings and the Saints on uh, Sunday afternoon on Fox. A uh, rating of 21.8. That was still down 23% from last year and 17% from 2016. 
from 2016 out. Hmm. You mean to tell me that the Jags aren't a draw? <laughs> yeah. Rooting for that Jags Super Bowl, yeah, baby. The, the Jags in the Super Bowl would be horrible for uh, NBC. No doubt. Um, are you done with the NFL Saints? Uh, yes. The only other thing, I, and we told the story yesterday, and uh, Reddit had a thing in terms <laughs> they were asking uh, fans out there, what is the uh, most valuable thing that was broken in your household at the end of that Saints game? I thought some of the responses were pretty darn funny. The best one was my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best response. A lot of others, my heart. Yeah. Others, of course, telling stories about throwing the remote at the TV and breaking the TV and other things. And, of course, I told the story yesterday about my buddy throwing uh, his uh, – Saints jacket into the fire pit. Did you ever get so upset with a game you did something like that? Anything close to that? I can't recall. I can't recall either. Well, I figured you would say that LSU Alabama National Championship game you were so fired up. No, there was no life after that game. <laughs> did you call Les Miles every name in the book? Uh, probably. <laughs> I don't really remember. Probably. Yes. Um, I remember one time, you know, the Saints Super Bowl, um, my friend's uncle punched a hole through the wall uh, when they got the onside kick, just to, out of excitement. Like, <laughs> so, uh, so he was doing some patchwork the next day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had to pay for it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, other headlines from uh, or on this uh, Tuesday morning, Jake? So uh, we've got quite a few to get to, but I want to mention real quick the games that were tonight, as you can imagine. Uh, most of them are postponed. Um, Carol Wasman is moved to tomorrow night, uh, tentatively. Um, Washtaw West Monroe moved to Thursday night. Um, so Eddie Bonine was scheduled to be in the area also in Shreveport and then at Washita to kind of talk to uh, – coaches and athletic directors about different proposals on the agenda for this year. Those meetings have now been canceled. They do encourage uh, coaches and athletic directors that can make their way down to Alexandria if they want to hear from Eddie Bonine tomorrow. Mm. By the way, my wife just texted me. She doesn't have work today. Yeah, there you go. Does that make you angry as an Iowa guy? No. Uh, my wife is not at work today either. She was sleeping when I went to work. Man. So. We should have slept in. Yeah. <laughs> Is anybody out there listening to us? <laughs> 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm uh, hotline slash text line. Uh, some college hoops last night. Uh, yeah. Grambling wins on a uh, buzzer beater. A putback in the closing seconds by uh, Jason Pierre Murray to win 79-78. They storm the court. Following the big victory versus Texas Southern, not news not so good for the women. They fall to Texas Southern. Any issue with the storming of the court? As an exciting win. A kid tries to go the length of the court, coast to coast. He misses it. Uh, they get the put back. Big win for Grambling. Listen, uh, for the lack of success that Grambling yeah. has had over the last you know decade, uh, any win is a big win, and they have made major strides this year. Yeah, storm the court. Yeah. No, no, no. And we're not there. talking about thousands storming the court. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, LSU playing uh, tonight versus Georgia. Will they rebound following that loss on time? I like that you use the word rebound because Georgia's a top three team in the conference in rebounding, and that's what LSU had trouble with against Alabama. Alabama's big lineup gave them fits. They were just way too physical for LSU. Will Wade has, has promised that you know he'll he'll kind of um, 
fix that. And I'm expecting some improvements, but I don't know. I, this matchup does concern me just because Georgia's going to have an advantage on the inside, and we just saw how that played out with Alabama. Uh, Georgia 11-5 and five on the year, 2-3 and three in conference play. Is this game at LSU or is this under? It's at LSU. Wow. Um, but it, this SEC right now is devouring itself. You know, if you try to t- figure out how good Georgia is, I mean, they, they're they coming off of two straight losses, but they also have a victory against uh, an Ole Miss team that just beat Florida, and uh, they also beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you can't really figure it out. But uh, be interested to see uh, the fans and, and the attendance tonight. I know yeah. the weather will probably play a effect in it. I mean, of course, uh, a midweek game, but uh, you get 13,600 on Saturday. How many come back and watch uh, LSU versus the Bulldogs tonight? I'm curious to see that as well. Um, a couple more college basketball notes. Did you get a chance to watch any last night with Duke or Kansas? Duke was down by 13 points with eight minutes to go, and they came back on the road to beat Miami 83-75. to 75. Um, Gary Trent was unbelievable. Uh, there's a name you need to start remembering. He had 30 points last night. Grayson Allen was awful. Uh, he was like two for nine. Uh from the field and only had five points, but that's how good Duke is. Duke has so many weapons uh, to beat you with. And then in the follow-up game, Kansas is playing number six, West Virginia, and they are going down. They, they're down by, I believe it was nine, um, with, with, with like eight minutes to go, something like that. They storm back Devontae Graham, puts the team on his back, and they get, they get a win there too. So the two Blue Bloods, Kansas and, and, and Duke, um, come through. With, with big-time comebacks last night. Uh, we mentioned it yesterday, the meltdown with uh, Will Wade at the end of the game on Saturday. He comes back yesterday in his press conference and apologized for his actions. What did you make of that, Jake? Uh, you know, I, I think it's it's one of those things where you can, you can forgive and move on. Um, it, he's a, he's he te- like- and then he did say that he texted the head of officials of the SEC following the game, so he probably knew immediately – that he may have been in the wrong. Yeah, it was one of those things where I think it was – it also was enhanced by the fact that there was – there were some bad calls, yes. Um, but also it was a really big game at home, and the fans, while they were – while there was many of them, they just weren't that loud. And so I think Will Wade – you've seen it a lot this year. He's kind of putting it on himself to provide the energy for his team. He just got way too into it. And – he lost it, and that's that's a young coach mistake. You got to remember, this guy is young, okay? Uh, you know, when you compare him to other coaches, but uh, yeah, just a young coach mistake. And you know, passion's great, but you don't need to lose your cool like that. And I don't, I don't think he'll do it again. Jake, they're not basketball fans; they're football fans. I get it, but you know, when you have some a team exciting like yeah. this, I mean, it took them forever to come out and see the 2016. Remember, I remember Jim Hawthorne on the radio saying, "Guys, come see this team; they are fun." Tyrus Thomas out here dunking on folks. But how many times do we see it in, uh, in the high school ranks around here? You'll go to a, a gym, and it'll be full. It'll be packed. But the fans don't exactly know when to cheer or when they need to be in the ballgame. Uh, places outside of, you know, like Washita and Waspin, yeah. yeah. Uh, Washita, Waspin, Carroll, you know, those gyms are, are live yeah. most of the time. And Ravel, you know, those, those places are live. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I know. I know this isn't a basketball state. I, I realize that. But, you know, I don't know. I guess just because I enjoy it, I expect others to enjoy it, too. <laughs> uh, those are just a, a few of the headlines. we got more coming up in the next segment. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pancake. 
Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Let's go crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. Guys, Cat and Gail will join us for his uh, weekly visit at 8 o'clock. I can only imagine, you know, he does that post-game show for the Saints down in New Orleans. What that environment had to been like watching it with, uh, you know, hundreds of Saints fans in a Ugh. bar slash restaurant like that. And, of course, uh, the initial reaction and then immediately going on the air and doing a post-game show. How depressing was that show? <laughs> it had to be depressing, right? Yeah, interested to hear what he has to say about that. Gus will join us at 8 o'clock. Eric Conkle will join us for his weekly visit at 8.30. Bulldogs in the midst of a, a tough stretch right now, looking to turn it around with a couple of road games. Louisiana Tech's head coach will join us at 8.30. Yeah, I also want to get into some of the best NFL postseason plays of all time. Uh, ESPN just did a list, and figured it might be fun to kind of look at those and kind of think back on those um also les miles is is up for a movie role he's up for a movie role he's going to be in uh let me see if i can get this title right something called angry men um it's about the 1986 space shuttle disaster the challenger um so i want to pose it doesn't sound like a comedy it doesn't sound like a comedy no so i want to pose the question what role was les miles born to play oh what is the perfect movie role for Les Miles? If you were a director and you could go back in time, what would you cast him as? 888-993-7762. we got a couple ideas coming up after the break on the morning drive. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream, live to drive. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive, all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. We do a fast service and we do the job right. You can trust the service is done right because I'm AOCA certified, constantly training, doing services on new vehicles as they're coming out, being more sophisticated. You can trust it'll be done right with Charlie Hemphill at the helm of Rick Breen's Rapid Lube and Wash in Monroe. One of the biggest compliments we can receive is being told what an excellent job we've done. And that makes us feel good because we know we've really done a good job for that customer. In each of our locations, you'll find quality service. You'll find quality managers that have been well-trained. You'll find the staff that's friendly. They're all trained to take care of your vehicle. Rick Breen, putting his reputation behind each vehicle that comes through every location of Rick Breen's Rapid Lube and Wash. My customers will uh, mention, thank you for the good service, Rick, over the years. Thank you for just taking care of my wife when I'm not here or when I send my kids in. You just take care of service, and I can trust you. Rick Breen's Rapid Lube and Wash in Monroe, West Monroe, Ruston, and rickbreens.com. Are you due? 
local sports talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the show. If you're out on the roads this morning, uh, please be careful. Yes. So, before the break, we brought up the fact that Les Miles will be in this movie called Angry Men. I just did a quick Google search, by the way. I don't think it's a big blockbuster. I don't know. I saw some... uh, Saw some post asking for money, so that's never good. <laughs> well, maybe that's why you bring in less miles. <laughs> you can be the investor too. That's right. That's yeah, perfect. make him make him the lead. Make him the lead of the movie. So, if you could go back in time, Aaron, can we be ugly here? Yeah, <laughs> that's what people want us to be, right? Uh, uh, what did I tell you originally? I thought he'd be perfect uh, if they do another sequel for Home Alone. Oh man, he is the ultimate. You know. The, the guy trying to rob the house, dude, that can't get it right. Yes, yes, that's perfect. Hey, can you see Miles, you know, walking up to the front door, you know, slipping on the ice, walking falling, on, falling on the thumbtacks? Yeah. 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 Oh, man. That's that that's a perfect role for him. That's kind of hard to outdo. But uh, you also – Unfortunately, we watched that scenario so many different times with oh, LSU in the closing seconds or minutes of ball game. There it is, yeah. was trying to move on before you got to land that joke. <laughs> But uh, sure, okay. Um, the uh, the other one that you brought up that I thought was really good was the the Harry and Lloyd, <laughs> dumb, dumber and dumberer. He could be the third guy on the moped. Sure, sure. <laughs> With his hat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody said a dyslexic home Han Solo. Yeah. I mean, like a movie like Hoosiers, he could be there running the clock. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would be good. No, a movie like um, like a, like a Dodgeball two, yeah. you know, like he could be the the, the villain in Do- the next Dodgeball. Mm. Did they make it? They didn't make a sequel to Dodgeball, did they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, sadly, uh, this is what it's come down to for Miles, a national championship coach. He's still unemployed. Man, it? As bad as we feel for him, the fact he's still collecting a nice uh, chunk of change from uh, LSU. Yeah, but you know. Sure, you know, the money's nice, but it's also – I think it's better to be doing what you love, yeah. right? And I, that's what he loves is coaching. And so to not be able to do that at the level he wants to, yeah, yeah I do feel, feel feel bad for him. Especially when you see Kevin Sumlin get the job over him at Arizona. Yeah. And I'm just like, really? You know, sure, Les Miles has his has his faults, but, you know, why not, why not try to bring him in and, and – have a stern talk with him and say, listen, uh, you know, you're going to change things offensively. I know that didn't work out last time. but uh, You don't even have to have a stern talk. You just say, hey, you want this job. This is what you're going to have to do offensively. You know, well, and especially if you're – heck, if you're a place like Arizona, I mean, just let him come in and let the recruits follow, yeah. right? I mean, you want you want to compete, get those recruits in there, you'll compete immediately. And I saw somebody text him one time kind of making fun of him as a recruiting coordinator or just just a recruiter, dude, come on. He was one of the best. And now in that state, you're going up against Herm Edwards, and I, I think Edwards is going to win those press conferences over Kevin Sumlin. No doubt. There's no doubt in my mind. But Kevin Sumlin, a little bit more proven on this level. Mm. Uh, there was some. Uh, there's a, a couple notes from the college ranks we need to get into, and one of them being uh, several national reports now out there that uh, Hugh Freeze interviewed, and I put interviewed in quotations because uh, the description of what took place between Hugh Freeze and Nick Saban 
uh, yesterday. Still a lot of people debating it, whether it was an interview or perhaps just bringing him in as a, a way to pick his brain, which is pretty smart by Saban. And Saban's probably one of the only guys that can get away with this if he is actually interviewing Hugh Freeze to be the new OC at Alabama. So, so what was reported? Just that he was there? That he was, well, some are saying that he was there interviewing for the offensive coordinator position, and then other national reports were that uh, they were having discussions, but it was more of a case where he was just picking his brain uh, for offensive ideas and also uh, impressions or some uh, background information on other candidates that could be available for that job. Do we know what Cecil Hurts said about either? Yeah, I would have. Uh, I would. I would go with Cecil probably. But, but yeah, I think that's. It's funny because we were we were talking about that yesterday. The fact that we wouldn't be surprised if, if Freeze interviewed for that vacant position because if anybody can bring him back and make him offense coordinator and get away with it, it's Nick Saban. It's the goat. The least surprising move of all. Uh, the Alabama player uh, <laughs> Brown, who got into the uh, uh, little scuffle, infamous scuffle on the sidelines, and basically had a meltdown on the sidelines yeah. in the national championship game. And it does feel weird. That game was only a week ago. Feels like it was literally uh, months ago. It really does. So he gets into a, a scuffle, and oh, go figure, he is now leaving Alabama. Yeah. Um, and initially, you know, Saban said he didn't see it at the time. So maybe he revisited it and said, yeah, you might need to uh, find yourself a new place. And he's at Tennessee State. He will be transferring to Tennessee State. And uh, you need to get a heck of a clothesline with that guy. Uh, can you imagine waking up? You're a national champion. But, uh, you know, you're going to Tennessee State or Tennessee Tech, wherever he's going. He's, uh, he's going yeah. from the national championship game uh, to Tennessee. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's the way it goes. I mean, you you live by um, Saban's rules or you get out. But ultimately, we've kind of buried the lead here. You've been wanting to talk about this news for a while, so I'll let you, you take the floor. A pretty good get for uh, Louisiana Tech, the fact that uh, Isaiah Graham is transferring from TCU to Louisiana Tech. Been in contact and uh, exchanging texts with uh, Isaiah for a while now. When it came, uh, when he, he announced that he was leaving the, the Horny Toads, that there was a couple other options out there, and he was uh, certainly exploring options uh, locally with ULM and Louisiana Tech. Ultimately, uh, he will be a Bulldog. Tweet comes out yesterday. Good for him. You're talking about a kid that was uh, the number three-ranked wide receiver in Louisiana, number 14th overall player in the state when he left uh, Bastrop. Uh, Four-star prospect by 247 Sports back then. Uh, he chose TCU over Arkansas, Tennessee, and South Carolina. Uh, his time at TCU as a freshman uh, saw some substantial playing time this year. Early on, was seeing a lot of playing time. In fact, when I made my way over there, watched TCU versus West Virginia. Yeah, he was getting a lot of playing time. In fact, uh, they went for him, looked for him a couple times on the field. After that, I don't know what happened, but his uh, playing time certainly diminished after that. But uh, is it? In terms of a, a playmaker, Isaiah Graham is that. He'll have to sit out a year, of course, uh, at Louisiana Tech before being eligible. But they just bring in another uh, high-profile transfer, and a majority of these have worked out well for Louisiana Tech. Oh, no doubt. I mean, look at how Teddy Ville worked out this year. Yeah. So that wide receiver unit gets even deeper. Yeah. And we're, we're talking about a receiver, and he's not a small guy either. Uh, six foot one, 190 pounds. He'll have two years of eligibility left at Louisiana Tech. Nice get for the Bulldogs. And for Isaiah, the fact that he gets to come home and now play in front of friends and family. Yeah, win-win.
Uh, you got a couple other headlines from the yeah, college ranks? Yeah, well, not from the college ranks, unless I'm looking over one. Uh, but your boy Malarkey lost his job. Yeah, so how you talk about it, how things change in the course of uh, one week after their huge win last week. Uh, owner comes out and says that she's hugging on him, and oh man, we have total faith in uh, Malarkey. The great comeback that they had versus Kansas City. Now one week later, well, things just didn't work out. We couldn't reach a settlement or agreement on a yeah. long-term deal. So now he's looking for a new job. So strange. Yes. So strange. Uh, but that's kind of the Titan way, right? Yeah. It's like they went the wrong route to get there, but they finally got to where what, what's best for them. Because Malarkey wasn't a great coach, yeah. let's face it. And the future is with Mariota. You need to get a good, you need a good offensive-minded coach in there. Uh, for Thankfully, they didn't double down last week after that thrilling victory and go all in and have a contract <laughs> yeah. uh, drawn up, and then all, of course, all of a sudden, uh, the Patriots do what they do to teams. Well, look, if you talk to hardcore Titans fans, they'll tell you Andy Reid's the only reason why they came back. Yeah. Andy Reid is the only reason why Malarkey still had a job, and of course now he doesn't. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Continue to hit us up on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Morning Drive is back after this on the Sports Talk, all new Sports Talk 97.7. The new year is here, so let's start something new at Brennan Dodge in Ruston. Starting this year, any new or used purchase from Brennan Dodge will come with oil changes free for life. That's right, your new or used car from Brennan Dodge will come with free oil changes for as long as you own your car. Just our way of saying thank you for the many years of support this community has shown us. And the all-new Jeep Wrangler is just a few weeks away. So don't miss a chance to test drive the legendary Jeep Wrangler. Let's start something new this year at Brennan Dodge in Ruston. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long-term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318-255-5980 for more information or visit LegacyRehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive on the all-new Sports Talk 97.7. Hit us up on the uh, Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line, not when you're driving, though, 888-993-7762. Give us a weather report or two as you've made your way to work. Tell us how the conditions were out there for you. Yeah, and we you know, asked the question about Les Miles, what role he'd be perfect for. Steve has an opinion here. Did you fellas see the one flew over the cuckoo's nest? Not the Nicholson character, but one of the goofy acting inmates that talks in riddles. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Oh, it's good. Yeah. You need to sell it, see it, young fella. Oh. Is it as good as uh, 
that one you just saw, all all, all money in the world. Yeah, uh, I'm tired of you bragging about that movie. Uh, it's by a good the way. movie. You need to see it. I watched the post uh, yesterday. Actually, had the, the day off. Great uh, reviews. Yeah, it was a solid movie, and I'm sure it's going to win all kinds of awards. But uh, all the money in the world, take it over it every single time. You said that because the post it didn't have a whole lot of action. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's not what it is. I know, but uh, it's a lot of a lot of dialogue instead of actually showing you what happens. Yes, it's good though. It's well done. I, I mean, any movie that Tom Hanks is in, how many duds has he literally had in his career? Not many. Yeah, not many. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Speaking of drama. And uh, the conspiracy theories theorists out there would say the NBA is not getting the attention that it deserves with uh, college football and then, of course, uh, the NFL playoffs dominating. So then last night, what takes place, Jake? Uh, WB, <laughs> basically. Uh, so last night, Clippers and Rockets play, and my goodness, so many storylines branched out of this. Plus, you know, you had the Cavs and Warriors face off. But a lot of people are going to be talking about this, Cav- about this uh, Clippers-Rockets game because – before the game, I believe it was before the game, uh, Harden, Paul, Ariza, and Green breached the locker room. They breached the Clippers' locker room. Breached. What kind of word is that? Is that conversational? <laughs> How many times do you say breached in your day-to-day life? <laughs> they breached, <Yeah>. man. <laughs> it's the only way to describe it. Um, so they, I don't know if they kick a door in or what, or if they just simply walk in and it's called breached. But uh, they uh, apparently walk in security grabs them first of all but they, they call out Blake Griffin and they call out uh, Austin Rivers they want some of those guys and you know this, this is straight from the WWE I'm telling you and you know I thought CP3 I, I guess I didn't follow it closely but I thought CP3 and Griffin were close I, I knew he CP3 and Doc Rivers you know had a falling out most most players do have falling outs with Doc Rivers by the way but uh I, the, I thought him and Griffin were still you know, somewhat fine. You know, they had didn't they have that show together? I think they had like a Comedy Central show together, something like that. Anyway, uh, so that takes place. And then on the court, this was the, the crazier thing to me. So when was the locker room breached? Before or after I think it was game? before the game. Um, yeah, I, I need to relook. Really, but I believe I read before the game. So during the game, you got this game going on. Blake Griffin's running in a weird you know, when you run down the court, Aaron, you usually run toward the, the goal, right, mm-hmm. traditionally. Well, Blake Griffin takes a unique path to get to the other side of the court, and he ends up elbowing Mike D'Antoni mm. on the sideline. And D'Antoni – He doesn't back down to a challenge. Was upset. Yeah. He gets the referee. He wants Griffin to get some kind of reprimand for it. He is upset. <clears throat> Blake Griffin comes over. Then Tony says a few things, <clears throat> some things that uh, we can't say on air. And sure enough, uh, after the, the game, he's asked about it. And then Tony says, they, they ask him about uh, him and Blake Griffin getting into uh, heated verbally on the, fo- on the floor. And he says, you mean after he hit me? Uh, I didn't appreciate it. Uh, he was in the coach's box, and I, I believe he was not on the court. He was in the coach's box, but he was kind of toward – yeah. I, th- I think he was still technically in the coach's box, yes, but he was not on the floor, no. Uh, I think his ego got the best of him a little bit of that, too. And then he could have uh, probably 
eased the situation a little bit, but then, of course, the finger-pointing that took place afterwards and the name-calling probably didn't help. Uh, he started it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if a guy goes out of – and it looks like he go, he says that he didn't mean to do it. Blake Griffin, that's his story. Huh. It was, you know. But if you feel like this guy is going out of his way, and it, it looks like he goes out of his way to come towards you and throw an elbow, yeah, I'd be pretty upset too. Uh. And, uh, yeah, anyway, so if you're looking for drama, NBA, NBA is providing it for you. That is straight from the script of WWE. Yeah, absolutely. Before it, or after a game, if you have some players trying to breach <laughs> the locker room. Yeah, and then the Cavs-Warriors game. And what do they do there? They're just yelling in locker room, hey, you, 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 come out here. We're going to meet you in the back. Well, that's what they call those uh, NBA fights, where they act like they want to fight, but when it comes uh, down to it, they don't really want to fight. Uh, that's that's just kind of what I'm uh, envisioning. Yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons got into it with Kyle Lowry uh, as well. Mm-hmm. I believe that was last night. And uh, the Cavs-Warriors thing, you know, Warriors beat the Cavs, and then they try to take showers after the game, and there's no hot water. Now, this story I, I think is even better. That's pretty funny. So uh, they beat them 118 to 108. They got a trip to uh, – Chicago, and they go in, and these are millionaires, and they're just trying to uh, get cleaned up for their uh, road trip, and there was no hot water in the visiting locker room showers. Well done by LeBron in Cleveland. That's right, yeah. yeah that'll get a little You might have won the game, but we won the war. <laughs> they said there was hooting and hollering. Uh, the players were screaming in discomfort. Most of the players emerged shivering from taking a quick wash off. It was uh, 27 degrees in downtown Cleveland on Monday night. They were then flying to Chicago. So uh, maybe perhaps a stinky uh, chartered flight for the Warriors. (laughs) Yeah, probably so. Hmm. Oh, man. Apparently it's blizzarding outside. That was the the word. Blizzarding. I I don't think think we're going to hear that on the weather. No. (laughs) I thought that was straight from the dictionary. (laughs) Uh, 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. So this will be a pretty special day for kids, an opportunity to be out of school and uh, to play around in the snow, perhaps make a snowman or two. Uh, have you made, ever made a snowman in your life, Jake? No. <laughs> I've never Today had enough. could be the day, man. T- yeah. No, I don't think so. Uh, still a work day for me. But, uh <laughs> I go back. Portland, I saw the most snow I'd ever seen. And by the way, you want to talk about driving in scary situations. That was – we had, like, the cheapest rental car. We had a little Kia. Ooh. <laughs> no tires. I have a no, Kia. Don't badmouth the Kia. No chains on the tires. Yeah. Uh, man, we were sliding everywhere. I was scared to death every time we stopped because we would keep going. <laughs> and then if you actually stopped um, at a red light, you, it was hard to get going again without swerving all over the road. Yeah, that was that was scary. But uh, I don't know. It's, this weather out here today, it's fun. But uh, you think people are overreacting a little bit? Uh, no, because uh, I mean we're not used to these conditions, and of course we don't have uh, salt and stuff to put on the roads. There's a lot of different things that add into this. Uh, certainly not having the experience of these conditions, you have to take every precaution possible. I have no problem with canceling school. Who am I talking yeah, to? Well, you know, every, well, you know what, people up north, oh, they, people in the south, they don't know how to handle it. You're right. Don't know how to handle conditions like this. Yeah. Well, I mean, you said the same about people up north. They couldn't handle the heat. Yeah. And uh, hopefully uh, the roads won't be icy. That's the key. No yeah. Ice, the, the snow is fine. Sure. And it looks so beautiful out there. It does. 
Are you going to make a snowman today? Uh, that will not happen. <laughs> eight, eight, eight. I'm just happy now I don't have to mow the yard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 888-993-7762. You want to talk about some uh, memorable plays from the postseason coming up next? Yeah, let's do that. That's coming up after the break on the morning drive. Gus Cattengill will join us at 8 o'clock as we break down what we witnessed in the Saints and the Vikings. That's coming up at the top of the hour. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. We'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Jake, before we get to the uh, some of the greatest plays in our NFL postseason history, I was just thinking... You know, growing up in Iowa, the number of snow days that we had, I mean, they were countless, but I don't have, I don't remember that many just memorable, fantastic days away from school because of the snow. I do remember sledding a lot and doing things like that, which was That sounds fun, man. Yeah, sledding was great. You find a big old hill. You have like a little snowball fight? Oh, yeah, but find a big old hill and just see how fast you can go down and have one of those fancy little slides that... It was good. How many times did it end with an injury? Uh, I don't recall. I mean, I know there's some bumps and bruises and some scratches, but nothing substantial. No broken bones or anything. Oh, okay. I didn't hit a tree. Yeah. <laughs> no, that would have that would have been really fun. Yeah. Uh, that's something you always want as a kid, and it, you know, growing up here, you never yeah. get that. Never got into building those snowmen though. It, was, it didn't do much for me. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a lot of work. Right. Roll it all up, and then it just and melts. It just away. melts. Yeah. Well, in Iowa, it takes literally a month or two for it to melt away. But sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they always get ugly too once they start uh, melting away. No, I would. I would brown, rather have a, yellow tinge to it. I would rather do the sledding or, or the snowball fight uh, for sure. But uh, one thing that will be rem- memorable, and of course now everybody's all into lists now. ESPN put together a list, and we've had some great. Uh, plays in postseason history, and a lot of them uh, happening happening recently in the NFL. What well, we watched uh, Sunday night between the Saints and the Vikings, and how that came down at the end. A lot of discussion now being made is perhaps 
one of the greatest plays or one of the best plays in NFL postseason history. One of the greatest finishes ever to an NFL postseason game. It's kind of hard not to argue against it, man. Yeah. Even though you know, first walk off in regulation in NFL yeah. postseason history. It was improbable too. Improbable. Yeah. If you take a snapshot of digs in the air with the ball coming, and you see the placement of the Saints defenders, it's just it's improbable. You just would not imagine that that would end in a 61 yard touchdown. Uh, Peter King had a great article in Sports Illustrated, as he usually does. He gets, you know, the inside info. Right. He was mm-hmm. talking to Case Keenum about the play, and they asked, what was it? Uh, it was called Buffalo Right 7 Heaven. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last thing uh, offensive coordinator Pat Sherman told him in his uh, headset or in the helmet was, uh, make sure you get the ball launched. Uh, the Buffalo ride is three receivers overloaded to the right. The B signifies bunch formation, thus Buffalo. So the players get the B for bunch. Uh, they close together for a confused coverage. The seven signified the seven route on the other corner side. Hmm. I got you. Well, you know, it's just one of those plays that you're going to have to get used to seeing. Right? You know what I was thinking about, though, Aaron? We haven't seen the Vernon Davis play too too often. I can't remember seeing that replayed over and over. Mm. Now, beast mode, definitely. You know, you saw that repeatedly. But, uh, yeah, the, the Davis play, as bad as that was, that's why I kind of considered the beast mode play to be worse than that play. Anyway. The article with uh, Peter King uh, talking to Case Keenum right after the game, and he asked him literally, uh, check your phone. How many text messages do, do you have? Literally right after the game, he had 171. Then he goes and meets with the uh, media, comes back, and it was well over 200. I figured it would probably be higher than that. I, I did, too. I was, I was going yeah. higher than that. Yeah. All right, so let's get to the greatest plays in NFL postseason history. So this includes the Super Bowl. Undoubtedly, Case Keenum to Stephon Diggs is on there. Yeah. Undoubtedly. But do you remember, and I guess we'll go with the most recent first, Malcolm Butler's interception. Yeah. Second and goal from the one-yard line, the Seahawks <laughs> went to throw the ball instead of handing it to Marshawn Lynch, which sparked uh, a, a, a heated debate. And also uh, some – You ever have you ever watched The League, Aaron? Huh. You ever seen that show on, on – it's not a show anymore. It's like um, – it's, it's finished. But it was a hilarious show about fantasy football. And uh, they, I remember they ran some commercials uh, after that uh, with Marshawn Lynch uh, trying to um, – hand um or they were trying to hand each other a beer and marshawn lynch was sitting next to next to one of the stars and said just hand it to me i can go take it to him just hand it to me and he ends up throwing it and of course it ends up you know breaking and you know disaster happens but i would put malcolm butler's interception ahead of what we witnessed uh, no just because you're talking about a super bowl you're not talking about a divisional round game Super Bowl was decided on that one. You know, play. you know, uh, I could I could concede that argument just because the the probability of them scoring yeah. there, you know, you only got a yard to go. It is the Super Bowl, Marshawn and Lynch, the magnitude of the game, and the magnitude. And, but Marshawn Lynch, you know, one of the greatest postseason backs we've we've seen, um, handing the ball, he's in there. You win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I'll I'll concede that. Um, but this is a play that was brought up a lot yesterday because it's kind of reminiscent to what we saw with yeah. Stephon Diggs. 
the Mile High Miracle, uh, Joe Flacco to J Jacoby Jones. Um, you know, that was a 70-yard touchdown pass with 31 seconds left in regulation to tie the game and force mm -hmm. an overtime ball game. I think a lot of times we get caught up in the moment, what we just witnessed. That was the greatest game or the greatest play we've ever seen. All you got to go back is to another heartbreaker, and as you mentioned, 2011 divisional round when Alex Smith found Vernon Davis. Yeah. Saints were winning 32-29 with 14 seconds left, and Smith finds Davis on the third and four. I remember this game, though. Um, th there was a big play in the first half. God, I'm blanking now. Who, who got hit that was almost concussed? There was a play where uh, a Saints player got hit and he was almost concussed. Those out there, you can refresh my memory. There were a few calls in that game, or, or nine calls, that I was very upset about uh, on the Saints side. And then the way that game played out and ended, it was one of those instances where you were like, can't wait for next year for the Saints to avenge this. And that kind of started the downward spiral. Like, it took the Saints so long to get back to – to, to, to this stage and so that was a, that was a hurtful game i will rank the digs play above this though mm. just because of you know it being uh, a walk-off roger goodell had something else to do with the the same sure demise. sure <laughs> sure i think when you, you you're starting to compare great plays from the nfl postseason you almost have to have two categories you need a super bowl and then you need playoffs yeah because you can't really compare i mean the super bowl is such a grander stage i mean everybody's you know when you're making this list they throw in the 2011 wild card game uh with the broncos and of course i guess it was tim tebow's uh, defining moment yeah it in was. the nfl it was and that was i just remember that being one of the biggest moments because tim tebow the tim tebow debate was unlike any other did you have the radio show back then uh i was right well we started in 2011 so yeah Man, I can't imagine what every day was like with Tim Tebow because I just remember at the time I was still doing stuff for Bleach Report, and uh, I remember anytime he did anything, we got emails, hey, we need stuff on Tim Tebow. Yeah. Like he sold like nothing else, and it was kind of funny because Tim Tebow, a lot of people liked to root for him because of his faith. Others wanted to root against him because you had people like Skip Bayless who were touting how great he was, and it was it, – for me, I thought a lot of people missed the story of that. The, the story was great because Tim Tebow isn't an elite football player, isn't shouldn't be successful on that level, and the fact that he was, that's what made the story great. And instead, it became about you know T Tebow being overrated and everything else. But yeah, that was a great play. It's one thing to lose and lose in dramatic fashion, but it's another thing when you lose and you feel like you basically got screwed. And when they're talking about great plays, and this is certainly one that uh, gets mentioned. Uh, that 2001 divisional round, the Patriots versus the Raiders. And, of course, we, we talk about snow today. Everybody remembers what that game featured. And then, ultimately, the infamous tuck rule and how the Raiders got screwed on that play and that ruling, and ultimately it cost them a chance to move on. Yeah, um, and that's always – I've never really been able to – go back and look and say that's the tuck rule right yeah. has it ever been properly defined uh, it's kind of like a catch these days uh but yeah that was that was one of the strangest things uh, we've ever seen we talk about uh the divisional rounds and then uh, nfc and afc championship games then you start talking about the super bowl and there have just been some incredible plays and i mean you look i mean a majority of them have come in the last 17 years yeah, and I, I got to say, the Santonio Holmes catch from Ben Roethlisberger, 
that was one of the greatest catches of all time. Right. Um, I, I rank that very high on my list. I mean, if you want to start ranking greatest catches of all time, it's going to take you a long time to form that list. But that has to be And included. to happen with just uh, 35 seconds to go in a Super Bowl that allows you to beat Arizona. Yeah, and a Super Bowl where Larry Fitzgerald became superhuman. Yeah. I mean, I, that game was amazing. The last couple minutes of that game where they went back and forth trading scores – that was an incredible Super Bowl. So you would rank that ahead of uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Butler's interception? The catch above his yeah. interception? Oh, man. Man, that's tough. Yeah, the, the difficulty. Just because of the difficulty, I, I'd rank it slightly, slightly ahead. And then, of course, you go to uh, the Giants and so many different plays and their improbable win over the Patriots. I mean, didn't even make uh, ESPN's list. Uh Tyrese catch. That's so stupid, by the way. Yeah. The Tyree catch is still, in my opinion, the greatest play ever made in Super Bowl history. Yeah. And it's not. And it wasn't like, just all him. It was uh, Eli. And, of course, the, yes, the scramble yes. and throwing it up. And just the, to catch it on your helmet like that. And I know we've seen some, even last year's Super Bowl, yeah. um, you know, we, we saw some, some incredible catches. But we've never seen anything like that especially up to that point. So for me, you know, that that ranks number one for me. But uh, And then, of course, to, to hit Plexico Burris for the game-winning touchdown to beat the New England Patriots, the 07 Patriots, which was, by the way, I mean, where do they rank all time? You know, it's hard to, it's hard to rank them because they didn't win a championship. Yeah. But, I mean, they could have beat anybody in NFL history. Then you go to other uh, memorable plays as we talk about the greatest plays in uh, NFL postseason history. When you talk about a Super Bowl coming right down to the end, and uh, you look at back at you know Tennessee versus uh, the Rams, and of course uh, the play with the Dyson getting tackled at the one yard line. Yeah, that has to be the worst way to lose, right? I think is that worse? I don't know. The, the way the Saints lost is that worse than Diggs? That's to be the question today. You're an you're. I mean, when you're, at, when you're at a 98% probability that you're going to win that thing with 10 seconds to go. It's like stretch out, stretch out. Oh. I don't know, man. That Those are two of the worst ways to lose. It, I guess uh, the way the Saints lost it was blind, it blindsided you, right? And you had more hope in that instance with the Rams-Titans uh, game. Uh, I don't know. That, that uh, Music City Miracle. We're talking about a way to mm. lose a ball game or yeah. a way to win a ball game. Yeah, uh, Music City Miracle, you always have to bring that one up. Um, you know, they were behind 16 to 15 with 16 seconds left, and that's when uh, Frank Wachek lateraled it to, to Kevin Dyson uh, for 75 yards to win that game. Incredible. Those are just uh, the ones that are most recent for uh, young fellows like uh, Jake over here. The only other one that I can – vaguely remember is the 98 mm. one the wild card where steve young hit terrell owens that was kind of terrell owens signature moment uh at the time i don't know if he ever eclipsed that if he ever had another moment quite like that but that was when he hauled in that 25 yard touchdown pass to to beat the packers uh, that was incredible that kind of you know let people know that terrell owens is the man um, and then he would go on to you know, play with the Cowboys. 888-993-7762. Hit us up on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, Gus Cat and Gill will join us from the Big Easy as we continue to break down 
what we witnessed on Sunday between Minnesota and New Orleans. Where do the Saints go from here? How do you think Drew Brees spent his uh, birthday yesterday? Mm. Mm. That had to be tough. Yeah, I, I don't think he's uh, throwing snowballs today. 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive is back after this with Gus Cat. Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.